Welcome to Zikhu Daf Simani Member by Ram Golda and Tirim Masechus Babakama Daf Chaf, the second pair of Kates at a regal. So the three Daps are going to focus on number one. The Mishnah taught that for Shane damages in Rishis of Rabim, one pays for Hana, the animal derived. Amarim dispute the amount paid. Rabba says that May Amir, he only pays the value of straw for the amount eaten even if the animal ate relatively expensive barley because the owner can say he would have fed the animal straw and only benefited that amount. Rabbah says the Mesa Orim Bazol, he pays the value of barley when it's inexpensive. Rashi defines this as two-thirds the normal market price for barley. Mepharshan explained that we assume anyone would be willing to feed his animal barley at such a discount. Our Bryce is brought in support of each opinion, and the second Bryce adds that since we evaluate payment based on what is appropriate for the animal, therefore, if it ate wheat or anything bad for it, it's exempt. Point number two, Rav Chis relate to Rami Barakamba a discussion, which he had missed. Hadar b'chatzor chaver shomadaito, if one lives in his friend's yard without his knowledge, does he have to pay him rent or not? The Gemara clarifies the case, with a yard which is not for rent, but a person who usually rents. It's thus the case of this one benefits and this other one does not lose. Can the one living there say, what loss have I caused you by staying there since he doesn't rent it out anyway? Or can the owner say to him, you have benefited by staying in my yard since he would have had to rent another residence. Rami Barakama suggested a proof from our mission which obligates paying for the hanad that the animal derived from the produce it ate. Rav marveled at the divine assistance Rami Barakama enjoyed that Rav Chista accepted a proof which is not analogous, since in the mission's case, the owner of the produce sustains a loss. Rami Barakama held that one who leaves produce in Rishas Rabin is essentially abandoning it and is not sustaining a loss. And pointing with you, Rav Kahana quoted Rav Yochanan as saying, one does not pay rent for Zenhenevazulachasr. Rabbi Avo quoted Rabbi Yochanan saying he does pay rent, but Rabbi Papa explained it was based on an inference. A Mishnah teaches that if one takes a stone or beam from Hektish and builds it into his house, he does not commit me'il until he dwells under it, a pruta's worth of dwelling. Rabbi Avo, sitting before Rabbi Yochanan, quoted Shmuel saying that this Mishnah proves that one must pay rent for living in his friend's house without his knowledge. The benefit was derived with Hektish's knowledge, so to speak, and does not cause it a loss, yet he commits me'ilah. This proves it's considered a monetary benefit received. Rabbi Avo interpreted Rabbi Yochanan's silence as agreement, but the Gemara explains that he ignored it because the proof is flawed based on Rabbi's statement. Benefiting from Hektish without its knowledge is like benefiting from an ordinary person with his knowledge. Tosos explains this to mean that the law of Me'il is akin to one who protests in advance not to allow using his property without payment. So once again, the three points are number one. The Mishnah taught that for Shane damages in Nushas of Rabim, one pays for Hana, the animal derived. Amarim dispute the amount paid. Rabba says the Me'amir, he only pays the value of straw for the amount eaten, even if the animal ate relatively expensive barley, because the owner can say he would have fed the animal straw and only benefited that amount. Rabba says the Mesa Orim Bazol, he pays the value of barley when it's inexpensive. Rashi defines this as two-thirds the normal market price for barley. Mepharshan explained that we assume anyone would be willing to feed his animal barley at such a discount. Our Bryce is brought in support of each opinion, and the second Bryce adds that since we evaluate payment based on what is appropriate for the animal, therefore, if it ate wheat or anything bad for it, it's exempt. Point number two, Rav Chisra relate to Rami Barakama a discussion, which he had missed. Hadar b'chatzor chaver shomadaito, if one lives in his friend's yard without his knowledge, does he have to pay him rent or not? 
the Gemara clarifies the case. With a yard which is not for rent, but a person who usually rents. It's thus a case of This one benefits and this other one does not lose. Can the one living there say, What loss have I caused you by staying there since he doesn't rent it out anyway? Or can the owner say to him, Aisanis, you have benefited by staying in my yard since he would have had to rent another residence. Rami Barakama suggested a proof from our mission which obligates paying for the hanad that the animal derived from the produce it ate. Rav marveled at the divine system Rami Barakama enjoyed that Rav Chista accepted a proof which is not analogous, since in the mission's case, the owner of the produce sustains a loss. Rami Barakama held that one who leaves produce in which is a rabbin is essentially abandoning it and is not sustaining a loss. And pointing with you, Rav Kahana quoted Rav Yochanan as saying, one does not pay rent for zenenev azul Yavol quoted Rabbi Yochanan saying he does pay rent, but Rabbi explained it was based on an inference. A Mishnah teaches that if one takes a stone or beam from Hektish and builds it into his house, he does not commit me'il until he dwells under it, a pruta's worth of dwelling. Rabbi Yavol was sitting before Rabbi Yochanan quoted Shmuel saying that this Mishnah proves that one must pay rent for living in his friend's house without his knowledge. The benefit was derived with Hektish's knowledge, so to speak, and does not cause it a loss, yet he commits me'ila. This proves it's considered a monetary benefit received. Rabbi Avo interpreted Rabbi Yochanan's silence as agreement, but the Gemara explains that he ignored it because the proof is flawed based on Rabbi's statement. Benefiting from Hektish without its knowledge is like benefiting from an ordinary person with his knowledge. Tosos explains this to mean that the law of Me'il is akin to one who protests in advance not to allow using his property without payment. All right, so now we go to Simon Dav Chaf, and our standard Simon is a cafe. A cafe. So here goes. The two people arguing in the Shane Cafe whether Hana is paid, according to Deme Amir or Deme Soorim Bazol, woke up a guy next door in the cafe's courtyard who'd been sleeping there without the owner's knowledge, who was informed by a waiter that the stone he had been sleeping under was hectish. Once again, some motion. The two people arguing in the Shane Cafe, cafe, that must be more in Daf Chaf. The two people arguing in the Shane Cafe whether Hana is paid, according to Deme Amir or Deme Sa'orin Bezol, which reminds us the Mishnah taught that for Shane damages in Rishus of Rabim, one pays for Hana, the animal derived, Amarim dispute the amount paid. Rabba says Deme Amir, he only pays the value of the straw for the amount eaten, even if the animal ate relatively expensive barley because the owner can say he would have fed the animal straw and only benefited that amount. Rabba says Deme Sa'orin Bezol, he pays the value of barley when it's inexpensive. So the two people arguing in the Shane Cafe whether Hana is paid, according to Deme Amir, or Deme Soorim Bazol woke up a guy next door in the cafe's courtyard who had been sleeping there without the owner's knowledge, which reminds us Rav Chisra related to Rami Barakama a discussion which he had missed. Hadar Chaver if one lives in his friend's yard without his knowledge, does he have to pay him rent or not? The more it clarifies the case with a yard which is not for rent but a person who usually rents. It's therefore a case of Zenanev Azul This one benefits and this other one does not lose. Can the one living there say, What loss have I caused you by staying there since he doesn't rent it out anyway? Or can the owner say to him, You benefit staying in my yard since he would have had to rent another residence? So the two people arguing in the Shane Cafe whether Hana is paid, according to Deme Amir or Deme Soorim Bazol, woke up a guy next door in the cafe's courtyard who had been sleeping there without the owner's knowledge, who was informed by a waiter that the stone he had been sleeping under was Hektish, which reminds us, a Mishnah teaches that if one takes a stone or a beam from Hektish and builds it into his house, he doesn't commit me'ila until he dwells under it a pruta's worth of dwelling. So once again, the two people arguing in the Shane Cafe whether Hana is paid, according to Deme Amir or Deme Soorim Bazol, woke up a guy next door in the cafe's courtyard who had been sleeping there without the owner's knowledge, who was informed by a waiter that the stone he had been sleeping under 
was hectic. All right, so now it's time for four blah Daf Tezayin. So the simmer Daf Tezayin is toes, and we often use an acrobat with large toes. So here goes. When the acrobat's ox, who also had large toes, acrobat, large toes, that must be on Daf Tezayin. When the acrobat's ox, who also had large toes, hopped onto the large jugs in Rishus Rabim and destroyed them, which reminds us, the more discusses whether an animal is moored to squat on jugs and if there's enough kamina between large and small jugs. So when the acrobat's ox, who also had large toes, hopped onto the large jugs in Rishus Rabim and destroyed them, to avoid the lion who is seizing animals, to eat them, which reminds us, Shmuel says, Ari Rabim, where a lion attacks an animal, in Rishus Rabim, Dars Pater, if it sees it and ate it while it was alive, its owner is exempt, Tarfa Chai, but if it tore the animal to death and then ate it, he's Chayib. Since it's normal for a lion to seize and devour its prey alive, it's the equivalent of an animal eating produce, which is exempt as shame in Rishus Rabim. Tearing the prey to death first is unusual for a lion and is classified as Karen and as Chayev have damages in Rishus Rabim. So when the acrobat's ox, who also had large toes, hopped onto the large jugs in Rishus Rabim and destroyed them to avoid the lion who was seizing animals to eat them, the acrobat saved the ox by dropping the Ma'bein Tamlamu'at sign on top of the lion, which reminds us. The next Mishnah states, Ma'bein Tamlamu'at, what's the difference between the laws of a Tam and a Mu'at? Only that regarding a tam, one pays half damages from the animal's body, meaning the payment is limited to the value of the damaging animal. Whereas regarding a muad, one pays full damages from the aliyah, even if it exceeds his animal's value. Daf Yudzayin, so the simmer Daf Yudzayin is a used car salesman. So here goes. The used car salesman, used car salesman, that must be more Daf Yudzayin. The used car salesman from Yusakar and Yosef Motors, who left to earn Torah and lend out his cars, which reminds us, Rabbi Yochanan quoted Rabbi Shimbar Yochai commenting on the Pasuk, Hashrechem Zori al-Komayim, Mishalchei Regla Ashtor v'chamor. Praiseworthy are you who sow by all waters, who send forth the feet of the ox and the donkey. This teaches, Kol Osik Bator Gemilas Hasadim, whoever occupies himself with Torah learning and bestowing kindness, Zolchol Enachel Shnei Shvatim, merits the inheritance of two Shvatim, referring to Yosef and Yisachar. He presents Psukim demonstrating that Zri alludes to Tztaka and that Mayim alludes to Torah. So, the used car salesman from Yisachar and Yosef Motors, who loved to learn Torah and lend out his cars, was oblivious when a hog digging in the ground kicked up some pebbles that broke his car's windshield, which reminds us, the more quotes three Bryces demonstrating that the law of Tzroros is is whether one pays half or full damages, one case being that of a hog which was digging and caused pebbles to fly and damage. Rava ultimately explains that all Tanaim agree that koko kagufodami, one's force, is like his body, and such damage is considered direct. Still, the rabbin hold half damage payment for Tzroros was received as a halacha Sinai. So the used car salesman from Yisachar and Yosef Motors, who loved to learn Torah and lend out his cars, was oblivious when a hog digging in the ground kicked up some pebbles that broke his car's windshield, while one of his sons dropped clay pots from the roof, while another son smashed them with a bat on the way down, which reminds us, Rabbi asked if an animal trampled a clee but didn't break it immediately, and then it rolled elsewhere and broke on impact, what's the halacha? Busted me car, do we follow the beginning of the process, and it's therefore the animal's body which broke the clee? Or do we follow the moment of the Kli's breaking and it beats Roros? The more asked that this question can be resolved from Rava's ruling, Zara Klimarosha dug if one threw a Kli from the top of a roof and someone else came and broke it with a stick, the second person is Pata from paying Damrinu Le Manatavira Tabar because we say to him, he's merely broken an already broken Kli. 
since we considered the kli broken at the beginning of the process, the damage in Rav's case should be considered inflicted directly by the animal's body and pay in full. Daf Yudches. So the similar Daf Yudches is a chuppah because Ben Yudches will chuppah. Someone who's 18 should go to chuppah. So here goes. The chuppah, chuppah, that must be on Daf Yudches. The chuppah on the farm was a disaster when a chicken pecked away at a rope causing the glass under the chassan's foot to roll and break, which reminds us the more attempts to resolve Rubba's question if we follow the beginning of the breaking process or the moment a kli actually breaks regarding sororos. We try to resolve from the case of a chicken's pecking away at a rope of a bucket and the rope snapped and the bucket broke, he pays full damages. The Gemara goes on to clarify what the case was. So the chuppah on the farm was a disaster when a chicken pecked away at a rope causing the glass under the chassan's foot to roll and break, frightening a dog which ran with a biscuit on fire towards a heap of grain, which reminds us, Rava asked, Chassinazik Tzroros, regarding half-damage payments for Tzroros, Mugufu Masham, does he pay from the animal's body, meaning liability cannot exceed the damaging animal's value, or Ma'aliyah or does he pay from choice property without limit? On the one hand, no half-damages are paid Ma'aliyah, meaning Karen pays Magufo. but on the other hand, there's no precedent for Regal paying Magufo. A mission is quoted which states, a dog which took a biscuit from coals and went to a heap of grain, ate the biscuit and set the grain on fire with the coal stuck to the biscuit. The owner pays full damages to the biscuit and half damages for the grain. Nigamore goes on to analyze this case. So the chuppah on the farm was a disaster when a chicken pecked away at a rope, causing the glass under the chassan's foot to roll and break, frightening a dog which ran with a biscuit on fire towards a heap of grain, where an ox was dropping Sroro's dung into the dough of the wedding cake. Which reminds us, Rava asks, is there mood for its rose, or is there no mood for its rose? Rashi explains that this refers to normal tzroros. Do we compare it to Karen, since it only pays half damages, and should share the halacha of Karen to pay fully after three times? Or Dimma told of the regal? Or perhaps we say it's a told of a regal being common even the first time, and since only half damages are paid, this continues even beyond three times. The more attempts to answer from Abrisev, which discusses an animal which dropped dung onto dough, Rebuta requires full payment, and Rebelezer obligates half damages. Daf Yotess, so the similar Daf Yotess is a yacht. So here goes. The cow kicked up Tzroros in Rishus Rabim, which tore holes through the sail on the Nizak's yacht. Yacht? That must be more in Daf Yotess. The cow picked up Tzroros in Rishus Rabim, which tore holes through the sail on the Nizak's yacht. Which reminds us, the Gemara discusses what the halacha is in a case where a cow kicks Tzroros in Rishus Rabim and it damages in Rishus Yachid. So the cow kicked up Tzroros in Rishus Rabim, which tore holes through the sail on the Nizak's yacht, stood next to the cow excessively swishing his tail and breaking pots, which reminds us we learned that in a case where a cow is excessively swishing his tail, which is less common than ordinary regal, and it breaks something in Rishus of Rabim, then the person is pater. So the cow kicked up its roros in Rishus of Rabim, which tore holes through the sail on the Nizak's yacht, stood next to the cow excessively swishing his tail and breaking pots, while eating barley, which is usually eaten, by donkeys, which reminds us, the next Mishnah states, regarding what is an animal's tooth mu'ad, to eat what is fit for it. The Mishnah adds that even in Rishus Rabin, where Shane is exempt from paying damages, the owner must still pay for hanad derived by the animal. Abraisa teaches that if a cow eats barley, usually eaten by donkeys, or a donkey eats vetch, usually eaten by cows, the owner pays full damages. We see from here that anything which is not its normal food, but would eat it out of necessity, it's called eating and not destructive Karen. All right, so now it's time to conclude with our pop quiz of 10 questions. Number one, which stuff do you that whoever is Osik in Torah and Gemil Sasadim is Zochel and Nachlas Shnei Shvatim merits the inheritance of two Shvatim? That's on Daf. Yudzayin. Good number two. Which of the one, the one who builds Hekdish into his house is only Ma'al once he sleeps under it? The value of a Shavabruta, that's on Daf. 
Chaf. Good number three. Which duff be the case of a cow dropping Tzroro's dung into dough? That's on duff. Yodchas. Good number four. Which duff be the most regarding how to evaluate Hana? Is it Dmei Amir or Dmei Saorim Bazol? That's on duff. Chaf. Good number five. Which of the owner, if a cow eats barley, which is typically donkey food, that owner pays full damages. That's on duff. Yotesk. Good number six. Which duff would be the case of a cow kicking sororos, inner rubbing, and damaging inner shoes and nizak? That's on duff. Yotesk. Good number seven. Which duff would be the case of zenenevizolochasa with a man who usually rents sleeping in a courtyard that one usually does not rent out? That's on duff. Chaf. Good number eight. Which stuff do you discuss what the din is regarding an animal squatting on jugs and the nafkamina, whether they're large or small? That's on Duff. Tezayin. Good number nine. Which stuff do the case of a chicken pecking at a rope that snaps, causing a bucket to break? That's on Duff. Yudchas. Good number ten. Which stuff do we discuss who is hive in a case of someone dropping kaling from a roof and another person smashing them on the way down? That's on Duff. Yud Zayin. Excellent. That concludes today's shir. This is Rabbi Ram Goldhar from Zichur. Wishing you a great day and great learning.